Hi guys, uh, we're back after our uh, mid-season break here at Tackle Podcast. Uh, Ross, are you feeling refreshed? Are you feeling good? I am feeling very refreshed. Uh, celebrating my uh, seventh anniversary, my twenty-first birthday on Sunday. Nice. So, uh, cakes all my, my body weight. Oh, I've got three cakes still here in boxes uh, sat in front of me. So uh, have you got three cakes? Yeah, well, well, I mean, this had a bit of a joke because uh, I love a coffee and walnut cake, right? Who does to a coffee and walnut cake. And anyway, she didn't like it. She said carrot cake. So she went to Tesco and bought you, four you, you carrot being cake, carrot- coffee and walnut and all this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Coffee, uh, carrot and cake. Right, I've got to get something off my chest. Who the fuck, right? Who, who, who one day was making a cake and thought, i tell you what needs to go in cake. Vegetables. I reckon they've just like they're looking at something else, aren't they? They've been they've been trying to watch some of that and they've gone, yeah. So we put flour in the cake. Like, oh fuck, that's my carrots for the Sunday roast. I got, uh, I've got, oh, no. No, I've got no chocolate. Oh, I've no. run out of chocolate chips. I've run out of chocolate, and I've got to put, <laughs> to put something in there. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's too late now. Um, but yeah, I've still got cakes in front of me. I've got a, uh, a Morris the caterpillar cake, which is the well, uh, the Morrison's n- version. Um, that, let's not <laughs> let's not let's, let's not cross that bridge just for the legal proceedings. Yeah, uh, we, don't want, we don't want any... are available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want any lawsuits or, um, you know, we, I mean, we as a pod have no other, uh, we don't have a, uh, a caterpillar cake per se. Uh, or per se, I mean, no. I mean, that's a pig, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it you is, don't want to start the caterpillar yeah. gate. <laughs> no, no, let's not, let's not. But uh, yeah, all good, all refreshed. How are you feeling? Good, I'm good. I'm good to be back in. A bit of an impromptu break, but I think it was sort of needed. And uh, and obviously, we've, you know, we've uh, we've missed having we missed having our, our our chats. Obviously, about sport and and not cake and and caterpillars and, and oh, absolutely. But um, yeah, it's good to be back. And ladies and gentlemen uh, at home, it is good to be back. And obviously, to bring you the tackle podcast, your weekly sports podcast, bring you the uh, well, just weekly sports chat. Really talk shit about sport, the big issues, and uh, and the big tackle. Would you know the deal uh, by now, ladies? gentlemen uh but you can catch us on on apple Podcasts, on spotify um any of your normal podcast providers you know the drill um other obviously podcast providers other than apple Podcasts, spotify are also there there are a lot there's a lot available let's be frank there is a lot available um but you can also catch us as well on uh, back on our uh, social media uh, channels on instagram on twitter on facebook get in touch with us slide back in our dms we've missed you obviously we've uh, we've missed a, a little bit over the past couple of weeks but we're gonna get Straight into it, Roscoe. Straight into it with the news, as we normally do, as we do every week. And uh, this week, Harry Kane's come out again. He tells Spurs, I don't care where you finish, I'm off. After 10 years, what's yeah. your thoughts? Well, as an Arsenal fan, it's uh, it's wonderful news. I I did I did see it. I, did well, I mean, see he's it not coming. coming to Arsenal, is he? So, <laughs> I no, no that, that is true. That is true. It's... Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of an odd one. Um, I think I think that's probably where the the game's probably changed in the last 10, 15 years. With the likes of Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard. I know Frank Lampard won things at Chelsea per se, but you know this the sort of one club player. I think it is quite it's quite refreshing to see a player you know like Harry Kane think you know I I need to win trophies in my career. You know I'm going to be remembered as the nerdy guy because you know I saw a post saying that if he still played at Leicester all those years ago when he went out on loan, if he would have joined then, he would have won more trophies 
you know, play for Leicester now than what he would have for Tottenham. So, and that's mad as an when Arsenal you, when fan, you think about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as an Arsenal fan, that's great because um, uh, he's just so important for Tottenham. And I mean, wh- where he goes, I'm not sure. I've heard the region, the, the, the fee's going to be somewhere well over 100 million, which oh, Dan Levy, I'm sure, will be loving that. But I just, I struggle to see where where he where he's going to end up, Leon. I, I mean, what? Where are you leaning? I don't. I think I think Harry Kane's actually probably again. I don't want to upset any Spurs fans listening to the pod, but I think Harry Kane's probably making the the, the right decision for him. Probably, definitely not the right decision for Spurs. But let's be fair, as you say, you know, as much as fans can probably say, look, oh, he's going to go for he might go to City. He's going to go for the money or whatever. You know, players want to win stuff. They want to be remembered for winning stuff. And, you know, if he's not winning stuff at top, uh, and let's be frank, he's given a lot, you know, some of the best years, yeah, yeah, his best years to to Spurs. And Spurs haven't necessarily helped him out with building teams sort of uh, around him. So I can't blame him for for wanting to leave. I think you've also got to take in consideration the, 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 the influence he'll have for England as well. And that, yeah. you know, if he's one of England's best players, we want him playing, uh, as an England fan, we want him playing in the best teams and we want him being confident and playing with the best, you know, against the world's best. And if he's doing that with Tottenham, he's not going to do that in uh, the Super League. I mean, I mean, Champions League. Um, Champions League. Yeah, Champions League, not Super League, <laughs> just just to confirm. Um, but <laughs> look, like, I'll be honest with you, I think he's, he's going to go over to one of the Man- uh, Manchester clubs or he's likely to go to somewhere like PSG or Barcelona. I think, let's be frank, one, there are very few clubs that could probably afford him. And two, yeah. you, you know, it would be clubs that, ne- that do necessarily need that number nine. Now, I think Manchester United, although someone like Edison Cavani has just signed um, a new one-year deal, he's coming to the end of his career. And I think Manchester United have actually, they need to look a bit further forward Harry Kane's 28 now. You're probably going to get three or four seasons out of him. So again, and not only that, Harry Kane's probably looking at it like, this is my last chance at a big contract. So yeah, he's probably looking to make money. And again, Manchester United, Man City are probably the only teams in England. Chelsea have been rumoured, but I can't really see happening if they've got someone like Timo Werner playing. Um, and also that's going to be not so good if you were obviously swapping, uh, swapping Spurs to Chelsea. But it'd be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, yeah, I think it will be. I think I'm with you. I think it's going to be a Man City or Man United. I, I think Man United would probably need him more than a Man City. But, I mean, I just get the feeling with Man City that if they want that deal done, they'll get it done. You know, they'll just yeah. blow United out of the water, give it X amount of money. Yeah, yeah Harry Kane have 350 grand a week. And, I mean, they would just... And, and, and Aguero's leaving, which, which leaves the space. Which leaves the space, yeah. And it's like Cavani's signed on and... The good thing for me is there's all this talk about Erling Haaland, wasn't there? Oh, where's Haaland going to go? Man United. And now I'm thinking, hang on, Harry King's all of a sudden come on the market. So all this talk of sort of Haaland has sided away a little bit. So it might be interesting to see what, you know, see what happens with Haaland as well. Um, absolutely. absolutely. And what, I think that'd be both... Whether we might get one. Maybe, yeah, if, if, if Harry King goes to one, maybe the other gets Haaland. I, I don't know. I don't know. Or... Or, or City really splash the cash and go, why don't we just buy both? Because wow. we can. Because we can. Because we're filthy I mean, they've only got rich. one striker, haven't they? Well, yeah. And hey, imagine that. Now, when I, go, I, go. I mean, imagine that though. Erling Haaland and Harry Oh, Kane my God. 
I mean, fantasy teams all all across the uh, country would just have those two up front. But I think also what we're, wow. we're not maybe one thing that we're not considering as well is okay, you know, let's say he goes, let's say he's he's I'm going, that's it, you know, I've booked it, I've packed it, I'm fucked off, you know, that's it, I'm gone. Uh, what does that mean for Spurs? Because let's be fact, they're you know they they got rid of Jose Ryan Mason's obviously the interim head coach. Uh, whether or not he stays, do you know what? I'll be perfectly honest with you. I can't see him staying as as head coach of Tottenham. But Daniel Levy as well isn't really known for splashing the cash cash so much or or buying big sort of players. If Kane leaves Tottenham, can you really see anyone going? Yeah, I wouldn't mind signing for Spurs. No, I I can't. I think. I think Spurs might be able to play a bit of a joker card here and maybe persuade Harry Kane, I don't know, two-year extension by going out there a bit ballsy and getting a, like, a top-class manager. I, I do have questions with Jose and his his management. I think he just wasn't the right fit for Spurs. And I think that we've seen that, you know, that style of football just, it was just boring, really, wasn't it? And when you got the likes of Human Son, Lucas Moura, Harry Kane, Gareth Bale, you know, all of these players, you know, pace, speed, they're just quality and they just weren't delivering. I just wonder whether they and might it, say, And then they start playing six at the back. It's like, mm, well, I don't quite understand. This. Yeah, what and I just, I just think if they bring in a real top manager and they say, look, we've got this, we've got this guy coming in, you know, we've got, give, but is give it, us two it, years. I, I is it the manager? I'm not because sure. even, even less less say, Wow, example, I don't know. Look, yeah, because I look at Harry Kane, I think to myself, you know, even if someone like Poch came back, which is not because he's at PSG, but uh, I'm just saying, or mm. get someone like an Ancelotti or or whoever, whoever it might be, but just because they get a manager, if you don't have the guys around you, you know, to to compete, you could, you know, you could have the best. You could have Pep, for example. You could have Pep uh, managing Tottenham, and realistically. If you haven't got the players, you're not going to win. And I, this is, I think that Tottenham are in a in yeah. a real bad place. And I think they need to, yeah. Daniel Levy needs to think really long and hard. And that you know what, if if Kane is going, if he is adamant that he's going, he doesn't no longer want to play for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club again. You know, you've really got to look at it and go. We need not only bring a manager in, but we I have to really get the checkbook out, and I have to invest every single penny of that transfer into my squad. Um, wow, but, wow. The other thing you've got to bear in mind, Leon. Daniel Levy being the shrewd operator he is they're in a brand, brand spanking new stadium someone's going to say he's 150 million you're 100 million debt with a new stadium I, it, yeah, is I he going to invest it I'm not sure and this is but, why I, mean, I think it's a bad time yeah. being a Spurs fan <laughs> I mean go back to your question I mean if you were a top player would, would you be looking at Spurs thinking there's no Harry Kane potentially Gareth Bale's going back uh, is there De- a lot Deli Ali could be off. Uh, I'm I'm not sure, and that's where I think Spurs might have to pull something here because if Hurricane goes, Gareth Bell goes, uh, and yeah. Deli Ali goes, uh, it's not looking good. It's uh, not. I'll, I'll be honest. It's not. And well, Spurs fans wish for the best. And um, well, also on that as well. Of... Well, you definitely don't do well, but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, if only there was some new league that could give them billions of pounds to rebuild their squad, if only. Um, nonetheless... Yeah, but that's what they need, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> nonetheless, speak, keep, keep, on, uh, keep it on management. First of all, we've got failed to mention on, on, uh, on Jose. He's now the new manager of Roma uh, coming into next season. 
Now, he's as we said, he probably wasn't the right fit for Spurs because he is a manager that has traditionally gone expecting big cash, big players, big teams, you know, used to winning. Roma, sleeping giant now, if, well, not just Italian, but Europe, European football as well. Haven't won anything since, what, I think 1989? Yeah, a long time. Is... <laughs> Is Jose the right man for them? Is he going to bring you know the good the good times back to Roma? Can anyone take on you know the new Milan clubs or or, or, or Juventus? It's going to be difficult, you know. It is going to be difficult. I mean, there's there's yeah. quite a few teams in the Italian league. I mean, look at Napoli. I mean, they were at the top. You know, they sort of phased away. You've got Juve up there as well. Inter and AC Milan look like they're starting to sort of get their back to together fold, a little yeah. bit. Uh, the things with, with with Mourinho and what makes him such a good manager is he always just finds a way of getting results. You, you know, the football's not always great, but I, I think this he has be... won in it, he has won in Italy before, man. Let's let's not let's not forget. Did win the Champions yeah. League again with Inter Milan in 2013. But I think the thing is is that he's so used to playing, you know, six, seven at the back, probably will suit Italian football. Yeah, 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 he will. He will. It'll be interesting to see actually how Jose does do. With the fact that he hasn't got this, you know, the endless resources of cash and everything else to go in and buy, you know, X, Y, and Z. I mean, I'm loving the fact that he's going back in, with, with Chris Smallin and Mkhitaryan, who he <laughs> offloaded when he was at he was at United. Hi, Chris. Um, hi, Mickey. Nice to see you here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hi, guys. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I think it's been interesting when I, you can never write Jose off, can you? I mean, if they they could finish fifth in the league and they go. Mm, Fair enough. And they could win the league, get Europa League final week off. Yeah, it's just Jose. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, uh, I'd, I'd say I wish him well. I'm just not his biggest fan. So, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll um, see. Sticking with, again, sticking with management. Roy Hodgson came out today, said he will be uh, announcing his managerial retirement after 45 years in, uh, in professional football. The Wally with the Broly. Uh, he's no more. Crystal Palace also looking for, for a new manager. I mean, does, does anyone really care? I don't know. I'm, I'm not too sure. But who wants that job? <laughs> I'll be honest. Who? who yeah. Alan Pardew, probably. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I, I, it, it wouldn't surprise me. That there's not. Uh, they're not going anywhere, are they? Crystal Palace. I mean, take. I mean, they've got Eze, who's, who looks a fantastic footballer. But you know him whoa, and Zaha. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Really Christian, Christian Benteke. That one guy who had that one good season once for Villa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about I forgot about him. But I don't uh, know. I've heard uh, Frank Lampard names been bounded around. Um, I I don't know to be honest. I, I, think, I, I wouldn't I think, fancy should, that job. I think the thing is what what this is actually highlighted in uh, probably a couple of months ago when when you left Tottenham is when you think about it, top 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 quality management out there is few and far between. Um, and if if you are a club and you want to be ambitious and you know you want somebody in charge and you want someone good, realistically, who are you going to get? In uh, yeah, I just think it's difficult for, for 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 football clubs in general outside of probably the top 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 six. Well, even Tottenham are obviously a top six club, but you know outside of say the the other top five. I mean, let's be frank. Let's look at let's take Arsenal for example. Obviously, there, and this is something that was touted around sort of the last couple of weeks. And you'll be aware of this, Ross Cauchwell, that you know whether or not Mikhail Tite is the right man for Arsenal. Um, but if you got rid of Arteta, realistically, who are you going to bring in? 
Uh, and the same for mm. a lot of clubs. You know, if if Tottenham they don't stick with Rob Mason, who are they going to get? Crystal Palace, who are they going to get? You know, if if uh, Steve Bruce leaves Newcastle, who Newcastle are going to bring it? I mean, we're at their business end of the season, aren't we? Where there's a lot of ifs and buts and and and, and what have you. But it's difficult, I think, with the management shortage as it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and obviously depending on where you are in the league, obviously that pool of managers you got to pick from is is not as great. You know, Tottenham would be looking at you know the top tier managers and whether it's Crystal Palace, but you know you're not going to get a top tier manager going to Crystal Palace. You know, so uh, well, we'll ev- on, on, a, on a younger manager, I'm not sure. I mean, Rafa ev- went to Newcastle, so yeah, Rafa did go to Newcastle, yeah. and, Ever- and Everton have Carlo Ancelotti. So yeah, I mean, I mean, stranger things have happened. But anyway, Roy, we wish you all the best your retirement. Um, well and boy. Um boxing now. Now, as we all know, we're all you know, we're we're all anticipating and for, and it's been like the worst kept secret in, in sort of in boxing and well sport really for a while. Fury versus AJ, they're finally gonna get it on uh, in a non-sexual way. Uh, you know, purely purely <laughs> fisticuffs. Um this is this ain't Marvin Gates or uh, territory. Uh, <laughs> it's on box office, not only fans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, do, do you know what? I'd be interested in how much more money they could make if they did it on <laughs> did it only fans. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so it's seventy-five million pound each if you both have a scrap. But if you get your kit off, and I'll be honest, you, I've, I mean, Fury six foot nine with what size fifteen feet. I mean, I, I reckon him and AJ are both packing. So, hey, anyway, nonetheless, let's move on. They, they, <laughs> Fury came out on Instagram. Yeah, Fury came out on Instagram and said August the fourteenth, he's in Saudi Arabia. They're getting it on. Uh, you know, finally getting in the ring after all the speculation. It's all been signed and sealed. Out of nowhere, a US Supreme Court rules that he's got to face Wilder in a trilogy before September the fourteenth. Now putting obviously the uh, you know the fight which has happened a month before, obviously the, the super fight, uh, in in doubt. Dude, where's Walter been? Yeah, I, I don't know. He's probably still trying to get out of that costume, isn't he? Uh, the one <laughs> that he wore to the ring that that was too heavy for him. The one that weighed him down, yes, and that meant he he lost. Yes, yeah, that, that one. I, I I do wonder whether it's got anything to do with the fact that AJ and Joshua is taking place, or is supposed to be taking place in Saudi and not the states, because normally all the big fights are all sort of in in the Grand, aren't they? In 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 Vegas and whether I don't know maybe that might have had something to do with it I don't know who knows but how they come to that decision I, uh, I also I think to know, myself but... I also think you look you know it's been it's been well over a year since since you know Fury bust him up frankly like proper gave him a, a, a hiding proper dust him wasn't he? and nobody's really heard of him like at all in until and there were sort of rumours a couple of months ago that he was going to fight um, Andrew Rees Jr you obviously took, um, did the uh, the shot win over AJ uh, in America, uh, and who, by the way, has actually lost loads of weight and he's looking in really great shape. He's no longer the fat kid from Up. He's he's just um, well, he's just, yeah, he, just... Did, he did win his last fight as well. Yeah, well, he did but... get he did get put down against uh, Ariolo, a bit a bit of an older guy. So he's not yeah. he's not got the weight. Look, as he? he's not got the weight to, to to back him up. To maybe he needs but... to go and smash some kebabs in him. <laughs> or, or, or the Dodiers. Uh but look, I think, <laughs> I think you know, I could question the timing. 
And I think it is a case that, you know, maybe he's a little bit jealous that he's no longer sort of in the frame to 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 get on. But remember when obviously a few few months ago our uh, Usk was was playing up and saying, no, 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 I'm the I'm the I'm the mandatory to to fight Joshua. And then and then uh, Dillian White was playing up, going, oh, I spent how many years? So um, not years, how many days uh, as manager challenger, not got my shot. Um, that I hope there's I hope Eddie Hearn and uh, Team Fury can can get something done or or work something out. It's been going on long enough. Um, but, you know, it's a fight we all as fans want to see. My only only real criticism is why the fuck is it in Saudi Arabia? I believe or I read that I think Saudi Arabia put a substantial down payment uh, for the rights for the rights uh, for that fight. Uh, I think it was around about 100 million. So I think that probably explained why it's in Saudi. I mean, I'm happy if it's in Saudi because that means I can watch it at 9, 10 o'clock in the evening. You know, it's going to be, you know, I'm not going to sit here with matchsticks in my eyes, keeping them open <laughs> till three in the morning, you know, six, seven beers deep trying to stay awake. So I, I just felt like that sort of, that sort of time, isn't it? it? It would. And I did think to myself, look, it's the biggest, biggest boxing fight in, in, in history, probably it probably is actually the biggest boxing fight in history, and it's definitely the biggest UK fight. Uh, sort of that I think. Well, any of us can remember really. Uh, why is it not at say Wembley or well, that, well, well, I think we've obviously discovered that haven't it? it's cash, but I do think it's a little yeah. criminal. I do think it's criminal that it's not the likes of Wembley or Old Trafford or or somewhere with the you know four UK fans. But Eddie Hearn, Team Fury. Frank Warren, whoever it is who's listening, if you listen to this podcast, get it done. Make sure that the fight happens. You know, bomb Wild Rock. Tell him he can wait, you know, a couple of months and he can fight sort of Fury or AJ, whoever it is he needs to. But we move on. Uh, Rugby Union, France. Now, you know what? The French, they're not really known for uh, doing things by rule book. And uh, they like to, uh, to, you know, basically do what they want. And they have, again, they've gone against uh, sort of yeah. world rugby. They've gone against world rugby's advice, shall we say. Uh, and they're allowing transgender people to to play rugby. Uh, and that does obviously include, you know, the, you know, uh, and by, all, by all means, we don't want to offend anyone on this podcast. Of course we don't. And uh, I hope that we don't get this wrong. But uh, people who were born male, but identify as female now and gone through that transition, or going through that transition to play female uh, uh, and women's rugby uh, and sort of vice versa. Ross, what's our initial thoughts on this? Is this the right thing to do? Um, is you know should should France go ahead with this and promote this, or should should they listen to more what world rugby is saying? Or yeah, it's it, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, I don't want to be all PC and, and, and sit on the fence. I mean, I, I can see both sides here. I do just worry, you know, if, if uh, someone with female genetics, you know, born a female, uh, transitioned to a male and then played, are they going to then be at a disadvantage um, against, you know, against men? Uh, you know, and the same, you know, vice versa. If you have a someone born a male, transition to be a female, play female rugby, are then are then they gonna have a superior advantage, you know, of speed and size and, and, and everything else. So you know, for me that is a worry. But at the same time I think to myself, you know, they want to identify as a female so they should be able to play female sports. You know, that that's that's 
the choice that that they've made and so it's, it's just to sit on the fence I just I just worry you know about about the advantages that there might be you know if <laughs> it's hard to sort of say it without upsetting it, someone it, but you know if is. you have if you have a six foot five male uh sorry born a male decides to want to be a you know be a female you know transitions you know completely fair fair but you know when the guys get you know sorry when the guys getting the ball you know when they're getting the ball you know they're it's taking three or four women to sort of tackle him then you just think well it's it's, it's not fair yeah, and I think one thing World Rugby, I mean, World Rugby's come out and they've, you know, they've done some research and actually the the jury's still out on the validity of their research and whether or not it's extensive enough or whether or not that they have necessarily taken the sort of the right stuff into consideration. For example, uh, they've said that, you know, as long as the test, test, testosterone levels rather, uh, you know, are, are low enough. And again, more that's sort of subjective um, because I think, you know, even if testosterone levels are are low the person has still gone through a genetic change you know through of the obvious you know through through through, uh through puberty and you know through all those sort of training you know these are people who could have who could have been naturally been training and 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 developed as a as male and got those physical benefit shall we say for you know for for an argument's sake um and now where they're actually playing against people who are you know uh less genetically sort of developed in that respect look i think i, I get what france is trying to do and what they've the, the french rugby union have come out look we don't want to discriminate against anyone we want people to be inclusive when we want to be sort yeah. of we want to show that rugby is for, for for everyone and it absolutely is but i think there's a couple of things in here one i think is the, the is the safety concern and i think look nobody's saying that you know women say couldn't could never compete in we don't want to get into that debate. I think what it is is a case of there is there is a risk. There there absolutely is a risk. If you say if if there is somebody who is a, 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 in comparison a giant, not that's not to say you don't get big females playing. You know, look at some of the New Zealand, mm. look at some of the Samoans. They, they they are scary. They're scary ladies. I'm not, I'm just going to put it out there. Um, but nonetheless, there is you know a considerable difference in size, strength, and speed, and that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, but at the same time, we don't necessarily want to say, look, you're more than welcome to make a choice to, to change gender. And we fully support that. By the way, you're not allowed to play sport anymore. Like, Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the problem, isn't it? You know, that that's, is, that's that is what's it. make that person comfortable. That's what make that person happy. And, you know, we, we shouldn't discriminate. You know, if it comes out and says, actually, the safety concern is, is minimal, then absolutely fine i've got no problem with that whatsoever but you know that's my concern i'm you know i mean i work in insurance I, I can't i can't sit and make a decision like you know like i work in some sort of medical field and i know <laughs> you know <laughs> what the side effect is going to be i don't know i don't know but, so but, but even if, i suppose even if you stick with with the point on insurance like insurance is there is risk base isn't there there's risk risk absolutely. factors to consider and actually you know let's say look okay let's say you have one male to female transition athlete that's that's you know that'll be at a level of risk every time you add a person to that team you increase the risk and that's where um, look again this is a whole different debate and look we don't want to get into like say quotas or or oh you can limit uh, uh you know so many 
so many of these athletes on a team, but it does pose questions and questions of risk. Similarly, sticking on the theme of transgender athletes. um, So New Zealand have come out and they have, uh, they've, they are going to have the first transgender athlete at this, at this year's Olympics uh, in the weightlifting. Again, another uh, born male, uh, but as identified as a female and has gone through that transition as a weightlifter uh, currently ranked fourth in the world. So definitely in the, in the frame to pick up a gold medal in Tokyo is again, is this, is this the right thing to do? Because, are we, are we always going to get the people who's going to listen to this news and go, oh, yeah, well, in weightlifting, it's not okay. But if they play table tennis, well, yeah, that's okay. For, for an example. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we are. And I think the thing that I pick out um, from what you've just said is that they're ranked fourth in the world. So even in, 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 in co- competitive, com- competitive female competitive, weightlifting, that would be. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not a case of you know they're the first in the world they're going to go there they can lift substantially more than everyone else it's going to be a complete write-off you know it is going to be by the sounds of it a fairer competition than what people would necessarily think or stereotype it as being if that, if that sort of makes sense you know if 100 you know yeah if they're fourth in the world you know they're not the first in the world they're not going to go there and blow everyone out of water you know that's not going to happen and you know fair competition and and i think that's what we need to get to i'm absolutely for people transitioning if you know if that's what makes you happy makes you comfortable go ahead let's do it you know but But if it's going to give you a massive advantage then you know you have to look at it on the other side the way way i look at it is from a nose that is that sport in its very essence isn't fair you know, the idea is if you pick whatever sport, you know, what you pick any sport out of the air, you know, in, you can, you know, if you lined up all athletes, everyone has attributes that are specific to them and which gives them an edge, you know, if, whether yeah. that be individual or, or, or team. Some people are bigger, some people are taller, some people are, are stronger, some people are better technique, some people are better coaching, some better people mental preparation, some people have whatever it might be to give them the competitive edge. Now I'm not then saying that, oh, well, you know, that should, that's an excuse to allow all trans, you know, uh, transgender people in or vice versa to, oh, that's too much of, of, of an edge. But nonetheless, as we say, this person's transition, they're only fourth in the world. So that would, would suggest that actually yeah. their fizz death in, in a, you know, and in a sport like weightlifting where pure strength isn't, you know, doesn't mean that you're going to be good. There's a lot of practice and technique and, and process when it comes to weightlifting. So actually we could say their physical strength or their, or their, or what we're saying, their supposed advantage of physical strength only takes them so far. And actually, exactly. Yeah. And actually, because this, I'm not an expert in, in Olympic weightlifting, but my point being is that we could say that, you know, they're the people who, who are above this athlete in one in positions one, two, three. No, yeah, okay, they might not be able to to lift so much, you know, in say a bench press or a squat, but their technique for Olympic lifts is is better, and that gives them the competitive edge. Look, I think we, you know, it, it, we, this this could be getting on to another sort of big tackle debate, maybe maybe in the future, Ross. But nonetheless, this has happened, and we'll we'll see the fallout. 
just want to point out goes. That, yeah yeah i just want to point out though you know i've played rugby myself against guys who are much bigger than me uh and they're they are soft as my shit and uh they, they're <laughs> not yeah and they're not physically sort of imposing their size whatsoever so just because they are bigger it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be very good or necessarily no, pose a you threat. are right but anyway moving on Golf now, as we 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 had on a on a, uh, on a pod uh, not so long ago, uh, the big the big tackle was the Super League in football. That is obviously dead and buried and is in the graveyard. In golf, however, a proposed Super League in golf. Lee Westwood says yes. Yeah, yeah, I I saw this. It's uh, it's that Saudi money again, isn't it? I just I don't get what this Damn fascination Saudis is. Saudis coming over here and investing in our sports. Those Saudis, yeah. <laughs> they they, they took our sports. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, lead on their, uh, their beds full of fifty pound notes. I I, uh, I don't get it. I just you know there's been a massive fallout of the European Super League with, with primarily the fans, and I just think to myself, well, if there was a a super league in in golf would there be a massive uproar i mean i mean for starters in in the majors you know you're not going to see all the top players i do believe the pga took a similar stance to uefa and if anybody does want to go ahead then basically i think you're off the pga tour so you know you're not going to win any of the prestigious tournaments i know roy McIlroy was very strongly against it i mean lee westwood sort of hit the nail on the head and and I would agree with with Lee, Lee Westwood on this. You know, he said he's 48 years old. If someone says here's 50 million to go and play golf in Saudi Arabia, 48 years old, of course, of course, I'd you know, of course, I say yeah. You know, someone comes oh, to me. Oh no, how um, terrible! You want to pay me yeah, 50 million pounds to play golf? You want to give oh. me 50 million pounds to come and work in Saudi Arabia, which might upset a few people, but you're giving me 50 million. I'm I'm packing my stuff that evening. <laughs> like I am going. So. But the thing is, he was honest. He just gave an honest approach where I look at Royal McIlroy and I think he's probably got enough. He, he's got mountains of money anyway. And probably Lee Westwood, you know, he's obviously still well off, not to the levels that Royal McIlroy is. So it's one of them, where, like you say to Royal McIlroy, here's 50 million. He's like, well, I've already got 100 million. If you say to Lee Westwood, here's 50 million, he's only got 20 million. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. You know, and, and I like the I mean, fact he was so honest about it. I am surprised that Roy McIlroy is against it because I would hope that he would that this Super League would all get go they'll go ahead and the likes of Spieth and Kepka and you know Westwood would all go and it might mean that Roy McIlroy might actually be able to win something. Um, hey, he won a few weeks ago, didn't he? Yeah, but, but before like, that, he was shit. Before, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say before that, like when was the last time he won a major? Like, <laughs> but he's gonna look, disappear for six months now. Yeah, and I think to myself, yeah. I think this is the way sport in you know is is going, and we look. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and that you know there'd be people, you know, like JP Morgan did with the the football super league, and like the Saudi wants to do with uh, with golf, and that they're willing to pay these big sums of cash because ultimately they wouldn't do it if they didn't see a return. Uh, and ultimately exactly. these, these athletes as well are looking at going Kerching, thank you very much, and. You know, if if Lee Westwood earned fifty million for say, let's say it's a two year contract, and he w- walked away, you know, the next cab off the rank would go, would just step up, and then they'd earn, and so on and so forth. And yes, we could say that in these prestigious tournaments, 
um, in golf would ban these players, but ultimately, if people are tuning in for the Super League, they they, they still want to make money as well. So, <laughs> you know, look, well, yeah, and then who do you, who do you decide who plays? Because golfers' rankings change monthly. You know, oh, the it's ridiculous. Number one will be fifteenth, and does he not make the cut? Like, it's just just stupid just can the whole bloody thing get rid yeah uh and we're see on that one and uh we'll keep you posted ladies and gentlemen. we'll keep you posted Watch your space now guys uh moving on to the long shape football or depending on how you uh your perspective but american football uh two games have been uh announced to be in london this year uh bringing the nfl back to london uh, and we'd like to see the likes of uh the first uh first round pick uh, first pick overall, Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, coming over uh, and taking on the likes of the, the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. So it's a shame, obviously, the, the New York Giants couldn't be over. But hey, there's always next year. Uh, but this week was the start of uh, the NFL rookie camp where the, uh, the, the, you know, the big picks uh, of this year's draft finally hooked up with their uh, respective teams, uh, which brings us on sort of uh, one that we, uh, that we should have really picked up a couple of weeks ago, Ross, the NFL draft. Who stood out for you? You know, did did it go as according to plan? You know, obviously Trevor Lawrence going at number one. I think most people could have put their mortgage on that. I mean, because the Jags have wanted a, a you know a, a QB since uh, well since forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. who were the who were the winners? Who were the losers of the draft here? Yeah, I think I think the Jags are the winners there with uh, with Trevor Lawrence. I was reading that he's uh, he's not actually lost a game of American football. How insane is that? That is crazy. When he's crazy. been playing quarterback, he never lost a game. So, and he's, I mean, he's joining the Jags, who I think won three games last season. Out so, of, he uh, 16, so, uh, he better get prepared. He better get prepared to start losing. So, I think they're going to go one in 16 this year. <laughs> so, uh, uh, he might win one. But, yeah, it's interesting. They, you know, there were a few news as well on, on the draft. Uh, drafting up, the, the Bears drafting up. To draft, uh, is it Justin Fields, a quarterback? Yeah, well, which to which be is, honest uh, with you, we're an interesting one there. They traded up with the they traded up with the Giants um, to take Justin Fields, and you know I think a few a few guys had their eye on on, on Fields uh, as well. But I actually think the Giants ended up one of the big winners for me, not just because obviously they're my team, but they you know to to get yeah, essentially agree, yeah. to 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 trade down, still get who they wanted off the board. And also solidify uh, their picks for next year, which looks to be a big draft class coming out of uh, obviously the uh, the university sort of college system in, in America next season. So that looks good. Um, but the likes of, I mean, look, I think as well there were some pretty obvious picks when they're the likes of the Jets yeah. picking Zach, Zach Wilson, you know, number two overall because they lot, you know, they've lost the likes of Sam Darnold to uh, to the Panthers in the off season. Uh, you know, people. What did actually surprise me is so look, we've been talking about Trevor Lawrence, who, by the way, I just want to point out his head is fucking massive, like huge, isn't it, mate? It's it's actually a bit off putting, and obviously he's got the this like lot of these long flowing lot. It's just weird. Um, it, it just looks a bit off putting, but it looks like a cartoon character, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he's quite tall as well. It's huge. It, he's obviously dra- he's he's been drafted and he's been promoted as the next big thing in American football, uh, like every like like every quarterback does um, every year. Yeah, it doesn't always go that way. I mean, look at two over the Dolphins. Well, you know, but yeah, was, touted, was, you know, I was just about to say, and you know, the likes of Joe, you know, Joey Burrow, 
uh, who again was was the first pick overall last year. Uh, he had obviously a terrible end of the season, tearing his ACL in his first sort of rookie season. And you'd think that someone like the the Bengals would have drafted a big sort of offensive lineman, the likes of Penny Sewell, who's been drafted uh, by by the Detroit Lions. They've obviously gone for uh, for his mate Chase, but yeah, who you know. Who do, from just the early draft picks and the early additions, you know, who are we seeing is going to perform well in this 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 year's uh, or the upcoming NFL season, or likewise, who do we think is going to be a bit of a bit of an anti-climate stinker? Yeah, but I'm I'm struggling to be positive about Green Bay. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Ah, it was a bit uh, bit annoyed. This whole thing with Aaron Rodgers came out. It kind of came out of draft day, didn't it? That, you know, he just, you know, that there's rumours that he doesn't want to return back. Odie's off, and... off to Denver. Uh, yeah, Broncos have been thrown out there. I was a bit, I thought the timing of it stunk. I mean, he's on draft day, you know, all these players have been drafted and all people are doing is talk about Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Green Bay then draft a, a cornerback, which I, I get. Because I think you know that's essentially what cost to the Bucks, uh, you know, in the in the conference game last year, um, just before before the Super Bowl. So I, I understand that, but it, it's just odd, you know. They didn't they, they didn't draft a quarterback. They drafted a first round quarterback last year who not played, uh, and then they then signed Blake Bortles again in the off season um, only last week. So. Um, and they've also had another rookie quarterback. So at the minute, we've got four quarterbacks, you know, one of them being Aaron Rodgers. And I mean, if Aaron Rodgers goes, I, I, I don't see you know, what, what Green Bay do. So I, I think I, if Aaron Rodgers you... leaves, not drafting a quarterback might be a bit of a shocking one. I mean, but then we were, we did have the 28th, 29th pick, I think it was. So um, yeah, your, your chances yeah. of pick, picking someone you wanted was, were pretty slim. Um, yeah, but anyway, pretty I slim. Mean, we 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 see obviously when we're uh, we keep a, a a tab on and that we get closer to the to the NFL season uh, and that's obviously making sure that everyone sort of stays fit, healthy, and signed on. Moving back to football and sort of now leaving the news and coming on to our big tackle of of this podcast. Uh, news today coming out that Roy Keane and Eric Cantona have now been inducted uh, to the uh, the Premier League Hall of Fame. They are now joined in the likes of King Alan Shearer. Uh, and uh, Prince Thierry Henry, as they as they were the first inductees to uh, the inaugural Premier League Hall of Fame. Oh, right. Let's get into this, Ross. B- big tackle, Premier League Hall of Fame. Good idea, bad idea. Four guys in. Good selections, bad selections. I mean, I mean, you can't really argue with Alan Shearer and Thierry Henry, can you? No, I don't. I don't think you can. I would just argue in the point. What? 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 What's the point of the Hall of Fame? I, 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 I don't. Uh, what, what do they get? What, what does I mean, it mean? It doesn't mean I mean, anything. I mean, this isn't. This is the big tackle, Ross. This isn't Ross's rant. Um, I mean, <laughs> we, we, we can put it in the same, I suppose. But um, I mean, I think no, I I believe just, I, I don't all they do it. is I, get recognition and a shirt, which is a bit shit. As spot, apparently sponsored by Budweiser, like that means anything. I just, I just feel like it's another sort of. It's another thing to try and get people involved, but it's just going to divide opinion even more. Because, you know, we, we were chatting, chatting earlier today, you know, we got got Roy, you know, Roy Keane on there. 
you know, you know, we've got Patrick Vieira, and we had a bit of a discussion. You know, who do we think is better? You know, Roy, Roy Keane, Vieira, obviously. Well, definitely, Vieira. definitely Roy Keane. Definitely Roy but, Keane. Um, but I just, I, I, Ross, I, Ross I can don't... I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Has, yeah, Patrick, yeah, has, has Patrick Vieira been drafted into the uh, the Hall of Fame? No. Oh no. Oh, it, oh, interesting. I uh, just just wonder because Roy, Roy Keane has he's, so. He's he's on the short list. He's he's in one of the nominees. I mean, oh, let's Patrick. take let let's take a look at this now. Premier League Hall of Fame twenty. I say so after Alan Shearer and Thierry Henry were in for the, the first inductees, rightly so. King Alan is the all-time leading goalscorer of the Premier League and probably never going to be never going to be beaten. Never say never, uh, but probably not never. Uh, and Thierry Henry, just an absolute icon, legend of. <laughs> Of of, Ars- of Arsenal, well, he's not the king, that's Alan, but um, but the <laughs> likes of so and after that, twenty three names are shortlisted for the Hall of Fame uh, and then put to a, a panel. Oh, first I want to know who who was on this panel, uh, and they've obviously yeah. decided on Roy Keane and Eric Cantona. The likes of for the Arsenal fans out there, Dennis Burkamp, so Campbell, Ash, uh, Andrew and Ashley Cole, Lezen. And real Ferdinand, Paul Scholes, Van Percy, Vidic, Ian Wright, Michael Owen, Stevie G, Lampard, Tony, Ad- David Beckham, uh, Peter Schmeichel, uh, Matt, Matt Letizier. Uh, I'm not too sure on, on, on Letiz. Uh, Robbie Fowler, Didier Drogba. Now he's a legend. Uh, and very lastly, John Terry. Let's talk about let's talk about you know each and every single word. Obviously, well, I mean. All we need to say is Alan Shearer, 262 goals in the Premier League. Nuff said, when, when the Premier League with Blackburn, which I just, I mean, how it just makes me, actually makes me laugh that, that Blackburn have more Premier League than Tottenham Hotspur, to be honest. Uh, but Terry Henry, again, yeah. uh, part of the, 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 well, forever invincible, invincible side. Uh, Roy Keane, Multiple Premier uh, Premier League's captain of of Manchester United and King Eric again, sort of uh, iconic in that team. If we had to pick who would be joining these guys, who would be our top three picks and why? Top three can, picks and so, why? So pick, pick one, pick pick one guy and go why. And no, you can't pick fucking Patrick Vieira because he's a shit house. <laughs> no, I think. Honestly, I I thought maybe David Beckham should have been should have been in there. Interesting. I, I uh, definitely head of Roy Keane. I, I'm just thrown out there. I thought David Beckham really? was a better player. Yeah, I do. I I think he was just a better player. I I, I know Roy Keane was a leader. You know, on and off the pitch, his commitment was absolutely 110. percent He left nothing. Behind, you know, when he, when he when he came off the pitch, but I just didn't I, I just didn't think he's the best footballer I, I'd ever seen. I mean, if this is Hall of Fame, are we? I mean, are we, are we but, judging but, it on? But this wow. is what I mean. How how are we how are we judging? I mean, if you're asking me, would Manchester United would be like an elite team? Would Manchester United won the titles they did without Roy Keane as their captain? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I mean, would say so, but I think. I think if you took David Beckham out of those teams, I don't think they would have won as much. See, without David Beckham, I, I think this is. I, where I know. We get... I know what you're saying, but this this is this is my problem with the Hall of Fame is that we then start we then start debating like 
who we think is better. But I mean, they played in slightly different eras as well. Obviously, like yeah. Roy Keane was sort of a bit, you know, when David Beckham came in, the game sort of got a bit got a bit quicker. And I, I mean, but to me, I just think I would have had David Beckham up there ahead of Roy Keane. Not, I not do for look, much. I do look at someone like, um, like if you look at someone like Eric Cantona, I'm looking at this list now and I look at someone, you know, and obviously he's a striker uh, and, you know, he was he is iconic, but let's let's be honest, not just for Manchester United, but also for Leeds as well. But I compare him to someone like Didier Drogba, and I think to myself, you can't tell me that Eric Cantona is more, you know, in terms of like in the Premier League, has has done a better job than Didier Drogba. And you know, Didier Drogba's what in three, like three titles with, with Chelsea, won the Champions League. You He's know, just a serial winner, isn't he? Yeah, and, and I just uh, I look at just. And I do think to myself, like, why are you picking Eric over? And this is probably again, we've just been told that they've been inducted. Not, I mean, Alan Shearer and Tiem Marie, I'll be honest with you, are pretty they're pretty self-explanatory. I think everyone after that will there will be some debate. And I'll, I'll look at someone like David Beckham as well. And I think, and again, when we're looking at criteria, not only was not only was he part of class 92 and he was integral to, to Manchester United and, you know, he, and he was an England captain and, and all, all sort of, he's probably like the first real footballing celebrity superstar, but he, not only did he put Manchester United, but I think he also put sort of the Premier League on the mat and he, he expanded it globally. Like, especially, yeah. I mean, even when he went and signed for the likes of Real Madrid, PSG, you know him from playing at Manchester United and you know what he's about and what he's done for the Premier League. You know, very few players, I think, could could do that or, or, or have done that, rather. Um, I also look at someone like Roy Keane. I compare him to, to, to his teammate, Paul Scholes, and I do think to myself, and I think Paul Scholes is a much better footballer than Roy Keane. Um, oh, 100%. I, he, was and, the, he was the next one I was going to pick, Paul Scholes. Yeah, and I look at Paul Scholes and I think he was... Better passer of the ball was insane, and his his long shots. I always remember that one in champion. I know not Premier League, but in the Championship Court final against Barcelona, where he just whacked it for about thirty meters, went went in top bins. And as a, as an eight year old kid, I was just like screwing my head off. I couldn't believe it. But I think he was more integral to Manchester United's success than Roy Keane was. Yes, you could argue he was more of a leader, and yes, you could argue like you know his his famous bust ups with other captains and uh, and with other players. But I do I say I look at someone at Port Scholes, and I just think. If he's a better footballer and he's more integral to like Manchester United winning, why is Roy Keane been picked? Maybe it's because he's on the Sky Sports panel and people are afraid of him. I don't know. If they don't pick him, he's probably going to fill someone in. Maybe, uh, but I'm also yeah, go- it's, it's bizarre. I, I, because I just just going on Paul Scholes. I remember when Paul Scholes, yeah, did he retire and then came back for a couple of games for Man United? He did. Or- he did. Score, score that and famous he, goal against Man City. But even when he came back on, he was pinging these balls round that I just couldn't believe. Honestly, and I was just sat here thinking, this guy is just so technically gifted. Like, some of the passes he was pinging, his vision and his part, short passing, long passing was just unbelievable. I, I, yeah, for me, he's, he's got, got to be one of the next ones inducted for me. I think, yeah, and absolutely. I think, I'm gonna. I'm just take. I say I'm taking a look at the list now. I'm gonna go say someone like John Terry. I think, in, especially in the modern Premier League era, or at least in the last decade, you know, yeah, you know, he's, yeah, okay, mate, he had that what the one season at Villa, but he was Mister Chelsea. 
Um, you take him out of the heart of that, that Chelsea defence and, you know, when Chelsea were, you know, we were the best sort of side in England, obviously they won sort of multiple uh, leagues under your friend uh, Mourinho. But without John Terry, I don't think Chelsea would have been the side that they were. He was the best centre-back in the world. He, you know, he led by example. He was captain. Uh, he did things on and off the pitch. He was again was sort of iconic for for English football. Um, and obviously, he had that great sort of partnership with with Real Ferdinand um, as well for the national side. But I do think as well, it's always going to be that case is similar to like the Ballon d'Or, where maybe goalkeepers and defenders might not get the get the same look in. Rightly or wrongly, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean. I'm- Tony Adams is another one on the list and I think well you know back then Tony Adams was probably one of the best defenders but if we're looking at the Hall of Fame what they've won what they've achieved it's hard to sort of put defenders I mean Peter Schmeichel I mean Peter Schmeichel's in there and he's probably one of the best goalkeepers that ever ever played in the Premier League well or ever and I'm thinking how, like, how can we not put this guy in well, I do think to but, myself yeah, and I think if Peter Schmeichel's on the list where's, where's David Seaman yeah, I mean, I would argue Schmeichel is probably a bit better than David Seaman. I mean, um, no, no, I, 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 I mean, I mean, that, I mean, but, agree with yeah. that. I think he he is, but he's the only goalkeeper on the list. Uh, yeah. on, on on the the, the initial shortlist. So, but then uh, again, how we decide this because you think of you know people who won stuff. Well, last time I checked, Matt Letizia didn't win nothing. Uh, so exactly. So what 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 are we putting someone in? Someone who hardly ever missed a penalty set piece specialist I, I just but then when you look uh, at somebody I, I, like Michael Owen he didn't win the Premier League but he did win a Ballon d'Or so yeah so and he was absolutely an absolute goal goal scoring machine for during his time yeah. at, at, at Liverpool but then Ian Wright's on there as well I mean Ian Wright he was a goal machine you know won a title 113 goals in 213 games like those stats are stats well, are incredible and what I'm interested just, in is who who get who gets it who gets inducted first out of Stephen Gerald or Frank Lampard, and it will end the 20 year debate or whatever it is of who is better out of Stevie G. And oh, Frank. it will one of Frank. But that's that's what I'm worried about. People are just gonna be like, oh yeah, I told you he's better because he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I'm like, they were different footballer. Like they were just, I know they both played centre midfield, but they both offered slightly different bits. You know, yeah. so you I, play this. this but this this is my problem. This is just literally my problem with the Hall of Fame. And I, I mean, I go through now and, you know, I, I still need to pick another person. I mean, for me, I'm going to have to go Dennis Bergkamp because he was he's one of the best players I've ever seen play football. He, he well, certainly back then anyway, where the game was a bit slower, he was just a magician. Oh, honestly, I mean, that goal he scored against Newcastle is absolutely... Terry already did come out and say he said they wouldn't have they wouldn't have won the league if they didn't have Dennis Bergkamp playing for them. Oh mate, you know, absolutely sensational, he, absolute brilliant. But what still baffles me is that he was travel sick, so he'd never he'd never like fly anywhere over like the Champions League. I never really got that. Maybe that's so why Arsenal never won a Champions League. So I know we won all the leagues for Bergkamp, but uh, maybe we didn't win a Champions League because of him. Oh, fucking dead. You thought you thought by, you thought by then sport, sport, sports science would be able to sort him out some travel pills or or at least yeah. knock it, knock knock him out for a couple of hours and wake you up and get there, Dennis. Um, yeah. So this this what I mean. I, like for me, being an Arsenal fan, he's just sensational. But you can make a case for loads of these players. Like 
Is there I, anyone not? Is there anyone not on the list that you think should be on the list? Uh, I'm thinking the likes. I mean, don't be wrong. I know he's still active. David Seaman, maybe. Yeah, I know he's still active at the likes of say Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, someone like Peter Crouch. I tell you now, you know, Peter Crouch scored over 100 goals in the Premier League. You know, he's played for multiple multiple teams, and he, he's also an all around top bloke. I actually love Peter Crouch. Just he's, he's funny. Yeah. Um, you I'd know, make but, a case for Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney's not on there. Wayne Rooney isn't, and you know, all-time goal scorer for club and country, um, multiple Premier League. Yeah, why? Why is Wayne Rooney not on there? That is crazy. I mean, the likes Rooney's of Rio Fernandez. Like, also, you can argue someone like Dennis Irwin. Also, why is there no managers? Well, that's what I mean. Like, what are we doing now? Are we we got Hall of Fame? Do we have then have one Hall of Fame manager, or do we have? Because obviously, you'd have Sir Alex, Fergie of and yeah, you'd have Fergie and Arsene Wenger, but, wouldn't you? Apart from that, uh, I just like where do we go from here? Then do we then pick the best coaches? Do we pick the, the like the best the best physio? Best, <laughs> like, best, best ball just, boy. Oh, uh, it's just. I mean, the best ball the boy. Thing, the, stupid. The hall of the hall of fame ball boy will be the one who was at Tottenham. The Swansea really. ball boy. <laughs> or the Swansea, Swansea one. one. Yeah, got twat by Eden Hazard. <laughs> yeah, or who was the one that got that kicked by Suarez? Is it the Chelsea one? Is it the Chelsea one? Yeah, I think it was. Oh, basically, I mean, I mean, what this is a nurse is actually we need to start a campaign for like justice for ball boys getting filled in by professional footballers. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, there's this obviously. Look, I think this obviously won't be the there, this will be just every year now and there. Then all these 23 guys will eventually be in the Hall of Fame, and then there'll be a lot of guys, um. Uh, who won't? I also want to start start a campaign for someone like Eric Jemba Jemba uh, to get in the Hall of Fame. Uh, just 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 because Eric Jemba Jemba. Also, why is Steven Gerrard on there, but Anderson isn't on there? Well, last I wonder why isn't on there. He was last magic. time I checked. And Anderson has three Premier League medals, and Steven Gerrard has no Premier League medals. So sorry, Liverpool fans, but them's be the facts. Oh no. You said Patrice. that now. Well done. <laughs> We're just going to get a lorry load of hate mail. Right? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it, it it definitely raises um, uh, some questions. So you're going, who's your top three then? And is this who I would pick, who I think is going to get picked? Who, 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 who would you pick to be inducted in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, first up for me, Leon, David Beckham. Uh, name me a better crosser. A better, a better right foot you've seen in the Premier League. The free kicks he scored for Man United and England crosses, uh, and, yeah. and also probably the best looking One bloke. Best. Probably best looking bloke on that shortlist, and an absolute god. So uh, yeah, he is definitely in. Dennis Burkamp for me again, so technically gifted, brilliant with the ball, like a little magician. Scored some absolutely wonderful goals and helped Arsenal ultimately win win a lot. Which makes me uh, very happy, but yeah, for me, he, he's brilliant. He's he's right up there. And the other one for me, I'm, I'm going to go with Paul Scholes, uh, just purely for watching that man pass the ball is just the guy's just a joke. I mean, the guy could pick a pass from anywhere, and he's just so accurate. And you know, he scored some wonderful goals, and no doubt in my mind, he he was one of the reasons why Man United won as much as they did. Um, so those are. Those are my three. Leon, how about you? 
I think to, I, I'm going to have to agree with you with two, just because I was being a sort of a, a Man United fan growing up. My first sort of footballing hero was David Beckham. And he was the first sort of guy I thought I ever watched football thinking, I actually want to be a footballer. Uh, and as much as I think, you know, one of the considerations has got to be what they did for the game and what they did in the Premier League. And, you know, I mean, I saw something, a stat today is eight years today that we're recording the pod that David Beckham retired from professional football and over 800 games, professional football scored 144 goals, 244 assists, which is crazy numbers, you know, um, for somebody who, well, he's, he, he played for the best team in every single league he's ever played in uh, and been successful. And, and, yeah. um, and I know obviously we talk about Premier League, but I think, you know, the way, you know, he, he was a leader, obviously captain club and country. Uh, he's iconic. People, you know, back in the 90s, back in the early 2000s, you looked at Premier League, you thought Dave Beckham um, and you thought of his crossing and his, his obviously his, his memorable free kicks. And um, yeah, and name me a better crosser of the ball. Similarly, look at someone like Paul Scholes, name me a better passer of the ball. Not just at that time, but any any time. Um, and again, yeah, Paul Scholes is, a, is, is another agreement for me also as well he's doing he's doing the business for all ginger players out there you know all the the little ginger kids used to get bullied at school um and probably still do and we don't condone bullying but it does happen because you know dems be ginger and they probably smile fox piss uh but 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 hey i'm not lying it's just science you know it's just it's just science like uh, like gingers don't have any souls i i'm i'm yet to find scientific fact that they do but the point being is you know again Ginger kids when they were wanted to be poor skulls because it's someone they relate to. And, and he was, uh, I mean, you if you Google, you know, looked at his highlight reel, like top ten Premier League goals of the early two thousands or night, I would guarantee three or four of them will be poor skulls whacking it from thirty five yards, going in top ends, being some of the best keepers in the world. You know, setting people. Up. And I say as much as Roy Keane's been inducted today, and probably for other qualities such as. You know, he's an icon himself and, uh, you know, for being a leader and for taking those shit and challenge, you know, really, again, he, he wasn't, the, I think, you know, they're two, they're chalk and cheese, aren't they? And that Keane wasn't the yeah. best footballer, really. He wasn't the best technically gifted player, but, you know, you want him in your side because if you have a Roy Keane, you're probably going to win some games just on his leadership and his defence and his aggression alone. Paul Scholes on the other, you win games because of his technical ability and the way he could hit a football. Um, Put them together. Yeah, wow. and... Yeah, and... Troubles. Uh, well, and I, I think, you know, I've, I've got to go for, 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 for John Terry and, you know, I mean, Wayne Bridge probably doesn't want, want to hear this, but the, the, the fact of the yeah. matter is, is, yeah, the fact of the matter is, is, he was integral to put basically, you know, taking Chelsea from. Uh, you, look, that's a different kind of official. Yeah, yeah mm. okay, about Abramovich's money, but the point being, he was integral for coming from the system, coming through the system, and taking Chelsea from a mid-table team, really, to you know one of the best teams, and you know, and from then, substantially, you know, successfully, and substantially one of the best teams in England. Um, again, like, as much as we we can say about people like Alan Shearer scoring goals and David Beckham assists and great pass, you know, defenders don't probably get the, the long like they should. And, you know, name me a better Premier League uh, defender than someone like John Terry. Uh, you know, maybe obviously the likes of Rio Ferdinand Vidic, of course, but, 
you know, he, for to what to play 12, 13 years in the Prem at the top of the, yeah, top of the game to win, time, four, yeah. to, to win four Premier Leagues, to win the Champions League, um, obviously to. To to, to not win a champion, I was going to say to not win a Champions League and start start crying, and then I mean that's probably why he shall Wayne, Bris- uh, Wayne Wayne Bridges. Let me set the scene. Let me set the scene for you. <laughs> They're in Moscow. They've just lost the uh, they've just lost a penalty shootout to Man United. He's all crying, and then Wayne Bridges misses has come over. And gone, oh, John, are you okay? Oh, oh, you still crying about it? Next minute, bam! You know it, she's felt all sorry for him, and it actually wasn't John Terry. I knew it was a good guy. I knew it was. Um, it was all it was some all, of the vodka, all... I bet. So yeah, but... flowing. Yeah, maybe some Russian vodka less, but we weren't there. We're not here to some make Chernobyl vodka. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we don't condone drinking Chernobyl vodka or, or anything from, from there, but nonetheless, iconic it, it as well. And I think that's, you know, look at all these names and, uh, on, on the sheet, they're, they're all iconic. But ladies and gentlemen, you know, there are picks to be inducted into the... Uh, into the Premier League Hall of Fame from the Tackle Podcast. If you, if you know, if you have any any ideas or if you have any reasons why that somebody else should be picked, so if there's anyone that we haven't mentioned or, or whatever, get in touch. Slide in our DMs. Get in touch with us on our uh, on our socials, and uh, we'll be sure to shout you out on next pod. Ross, FA Cup on the weekend. Uh, Chelsea and Leicester weirdly are playing now, and Chelsea are winning two one. Um, but it was the first big. Game uh, and cup final with fans back. How was it for you, big man? Oh, I thought I thought it was brilliant. Um, I I love what Ian Wright said at half time. Before the I thought the exact same thing. The the best thing that I've missed is when the ball went over the crossbar. Like, <laughs> like like that was just so good. End like, up in yeah. <laughs> you know, no end. But um, I, like, I couldn't yeah, do was... what you, I couldn't do what you do, but I'm going to make fun of you anyway. Yeah, I wish I could hit the ball that far, but uh, why good? But no, yeah, I thought it was great. It's just great to see fans back at the ground, isn't it? And I mean, I I love the fact that Leicester won, and the celebrations afterwards kind of kind of got me not. I wasn't crying, but kind of got me a little emotional, you know, just seeing. Uh, so to confirm, top... you cried that Leicester won the FA Cup. No, 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 I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't cry. Don't worry. There were there were no tears shed. I mean, I didn't say. It. I see... didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. Like just to see Top come down, and obviously everything that happened with his dad, and uh, you know, to see Leicester win and watch them all celebrate because you know all you hear with Leicester about you know their story and they're just such a great club from top to bottom. I was really buzzing for them and all the celebrations and stuff was just was just great to see and yeah I, I thought the game was alright I mean that Tillman's goal was absolutely I was going to say I, I wanted to come sensational, on that sensational wasn't it I mean as uh, as Andy Gray would Beautiful. Uh, once say Tikabusan I mean I saw it happen. I could believe some some I saw some Chelsea fans on Instagram after they were like, Oh yeah, well, you know, they, they got a lucky goal. I was like, What are you talking about? Bloke struck it from lucky goal. I was like, Bloke struck it as sweet as as sweet as no, it's gone in top bins. What what, what you want a lucky goal? All right. Um but I thought yeah. they, oh, do you know what do you know what it, when I was watching that, what really stuck out for me was how much it felt like a final. I know it was only a one-nil, a one-nil. Result and yeah, well, yeah, of course it's the finals at Wembley, but team they were both going going for it. 
and you know it was attack after yeah. attack, and then the fans got behind them. They were raw. They say when people would would miss shots or go through challenges, or so, it was a bit of spice to it, and it it reminded me of well, all the memories of you know people listening to this probably that like, you know their early memories of of what the FA Cup mean means to them. Um, but I did think Leicester worthy winners. But do you think Chelsea will be? Do you think they have one eye on next week, or is this a chance blown for them, or just fair play to Leicester? Uh, I, I, I mean, I would say fair play, fair play to Leicester. I thought it was a bit of an even game. I mean, there weren't really many chances, you know, on on the whole. I think I think Chelsea wanted to win the game, no doubt. I don't think they went there with when I was somewhere else. I generally thought they were they were there to win that game. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to to see you know where Chelsea go from here. I mean, as we talk now, they are you know, like you said, they are they are beating Leicester, which should guarantee them top four. Also, there's still one game left, but um, yeah, with the Champions League final, I think you everyone's saying you know we'll concentrate on each game. But if you're in the Champions League final, you're gonna have one eye on that. I don't care who you are, what game you're playing. I'm, I'm sure you're going to be thinking about that. Um, if you asked the fans yeah. today, would you would you take an FA Cup or Champions League? I don't think oh, many it, people say an FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, of course, it, it's, it's a no-brainer. I mean, if Chelsea weren't in a Champions League final and then they lost that final, I think they'd probably be a bit more disgruntled. But And probably you know, asking like, for Super like League. You said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Any chance of the Super League or? Uh, but yeah, it's a, it was, it was, it was good. The only other thing that fans back in the ground, the only thing that sort of stuck out for me was uh, was, was was the dreaded VAR. That I was going to say the weight, just the weight you... of the Chelsea goal. I felt like it went, it just took forever. I mean, but... it is great us with some spectacular videos for the Chelsea fans celebrating and realised VAR ruled out. <laughs> and just that's like one thing instant, I missed. Like... That's one thing. That's one thing I missed about about no fans being in the stadium is when VAR when someone who scores and they go, "Oh my God, someone scored! Someone scored!" Or whoever it was scored. Yeah. Was like, but to be like... to be honest, it was quite good because like half the stadium cheered when they scored, and then a minute later, the other half the stadium was like, "Way!" <laughs> like, and that's cheering and, VAR. And that's the thing when people go, "Oh, I don't like VAR because you stop celebrating." It was like. Yeah, it might start you celebrating, but it's gonna <laughs> the other side are gonna be buzzing because obviously yeah. you haven't scored. But, but to be honest, if your team score in front of you, you're not gonna sit there with your arms crossed. You're gonna be you're gonna be buzzing. You're gonna be giving it some. Do you know what I mean? I just. But I think it was the <sighs> right call. I do think it you was. Know, it was the right call. I don't want to hear that it wasn't. It was the right call. It was offside. And this is what uh, look we've we've spoken enough on it as part when we've ranted about it enough. But I think for me is is you can say about VAR and how it's flaws and needs to be reviewed or it needs to be binned up or whatever it might be but ultimately when it works it works and this was an example when VAR actually got it right and the result for Leicester was their fet was 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 a fair result because yeah it was offside and lucky Ben Chilwell you know can't get one up on the you know, you know maybe regret signing that 15 minute transfer fee to Chelsea but but actually it's going to be yeah. a Chelsea final so but probably not but yeah yeah the thing that stuck out for me with VAR was they're obviously getting it right but people are saying, oh, yeah, don't get rid of VAR. But actually, VAR, the reason why we need it was exactly why, what we saw yeah. was what we saw in the final. Because if we don't have VAR, that Chelsea goal is given. Chelsea then may win that in extra time. Or who, who knows? Obviously, no one knows what's going to happen. But Chelsea they could go on to win that. 
and Leicester will be sat here thinking, oh, oh we'll be talking about a goal, a goal that was offside. If only you know we hadn't done that. That's rude. You know we haven't won. You know this biggest yeah. day for our club. Well, I mean, I know you've won the Premier League, but you know it what, takes it away from Chelsea, doesn't it? It takes it like it makes almost their win sour because all people will say will be like, "Oh yeah, but they didn't deserve it, did they? Why? Because it wasn't really it was our goal was, uh, was offside, so uh, you know if, if that didn't count, then they would have lost, and that's it. And people won't remember it exactly, for, for, you know, for the well, you know, if they won, so they'll just go, "Oh yeah, but it was a goal that shouldn't stand." Where actually, this is a case where we've got the technology, and whether you like VAR or not, VAR got VAR got it right, but ultimately, I thought it was. Um, Worthy final, and I, I do think that sort of Leicester, as much as they're losing now, uh, we're worthy yeah. winners, and they won't, they won't care. They're going to get top four. I mean, they they're the new Arsenal. Believe it or not, they're the new Arsenal. They win the FA Cup and they get top four. So, <laughs> oh, they will get top four. I mean, they might not get top four if they lose to Chelsea. Uh, they're going to get top four. I think I looked at it today. They're going to get top four. I think they need to get they need to win or get, get a point from their last game, and Leicester get top four. Uh, I don't think it is because Liverpool have got two games in hand. So if Liverpool win, they leapfrog. They will leapfrog Leicester, I believe. Either way, either way, I I don't want Liverpool to get in top four, and then I can just laugh at all, all my Liverpool fan, all my Liverpool mates. Yeah, and, that's why um, they That's why that Allison header was so important on the weekend. Uh, oh, okay. So they got two. Yeah, let's take it now. Leicester. Uh, we'll finish today on 66 points. Chelsea will leapfrog them to 67 points. And Liverpool will need to win the, uh, the next game to be level with Leicester, both on 66, going into the final game of the season. Um, but with goal difference, mind, not joint fifth. I don't, not joint fourth. I don't want to hear this crap. I mean, admit, admittedly, Liverpool have a better goal difference at the moment by one. So it could literally go down to the last game of the season. Uh, who do who do Leicester have? Let's just take a quick look. I'm just going to Google it right now. Uh, Leicester City fixtures. So Leicester City are home to they got Tottenham Spur. Hotspurs. Oh man! Liverpool are is... home to Crystal Palace. So basically, Liverpool are going to beat Crystal Palace because Crystal Palace are a shambles. Yeah, although uh, Liverpool are away at Burnley. Which is not a happy hunting ground for them. So maybe watch this space. So it could it could be happy place turf more for Leicester City fans. Let's hope so. I I want it to happen. Go up the foxes. Hope so. um, but yeah, an FA Cup that was well deserved. Uh, I thought Very. at the end of the day, and uh, yeah, up the foxes. Yeah, well done, Leicester. Well done, and and yeah, up, up them. Nonetheless, let's move on. Ross's rant. Ross, what have you got for us this week? What's pissed you off? Oh, well, for me, it's, uh, it's these protests about, uh, not oh, about the Super League. So, so you don't want protests? I, I, I agree. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no that's, that's not what I'm saying. It's these protests about the Super League. So I, I get it about the owners trying to cause disruptions. I know they did with Man United. They did that very successfully. But um, I, I, I don't get trying to affect the players. Um, you know, like that when the Man United Liverpool game was rearranged, Liverpool rather smartly put a decoy coach on. You know, that was then blocked in by some cars, and they, you know, they let the air out the tires. And I just think to myself, you're going after the wrong people. You know, the, the players have come out and said, "We hate the Super League, stinks. We don't want anything to do with it. 
you know, we're, we're on your side. And they've gone, and even and the then, clubs you know, have come out and gone, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. And, he, and then the Man United fans have gone, oh, you're with us. Oh, but it's okay. We'll, uh, we'll deflate your tyres and, and block your block your coaching. But but why? I, 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 don't, I don't get it. You, you don't need to. And the only way that you're going to affect the owners is by, you know, effect, affecting the cash flow, really. I mean, it came out that... Uh, that Daniel Eck from who owns Spotify actually did put in a bid for, for Arsenal, uh, and the Cronkies come out and said, "Well, we don't need the money." Well, if Arsenal stops, you know, making so much money, the Cronkies might actually then decide, "Here we go." And the way that you do that is you just, you know, you don't go to the games, you know, just just boycott the games, don't go. But you know, and the fans are back in the ground. You know, Man United, we got tickets for home at Old Trafford. I, mean, I know you wear your scarves and all that, but you're still making money for the club. You're buying all your tickets like that. That's yeah, you, do it. you can wear whatever colour scarf you like. <laughs> do what you want. Go there, dress, dress in the tutu. Like who cares? But you're paying money for a ticket that's going to the owners. If the owners are making money, they're not going to leave the club. You know, you protest all you want, but half the owners don't. You, I mean, I wonder if the the Glazers even know if Man United even played the other night. They probably didn't have a clue. You know, probably same with the Cronkies Abramovich. They just. They don't care. They're hardly ever in the country. I mean, you delay a game, they're probably sat in the States thinking, oh, they'll rearrange it next week. You know, I just think that... The only time they the, care the is protest- when the trophy's going to get lifted. Yeah, yeah. And the protests, I understand it completely, but I feel like, you know, the players are on your side. Don't target the players. Like, why are you targeting the players' coach? Like, I, look, for me, that is my that is my real bugbear. You know, the players are agreeing with you. Don't get on to them. Don't stop well, pissing them or frustrating them. I agree. Because one thing I always thought that, that I want to get off my chest and I want to just get onto sort of my part of this rant is these are the people you're meant to idolize. You know, these are the people you look up to. These are your icons. These are the people who play for your club. And normally you're giving them a hard time for something that's out of their control. Now, I do think to myself, I do get in question sort of what your motive is for, for that. I mean, oh me, don't get me wrong, it's top it's top shit housery, isn't it? For the for the letting the tires out on a Liverpool Liverpool bus. But yeah, I do think to myself, what you get and also like just the 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 rationale and what and you know what they um start protesting about. Uh, I just think to myself, why is it you can protest against a super league, but then big issues like racism, for example actually you as fans can contribute to that and i think right so you're okay to protest against something that you know or you know it's, it's you know it's, it's, it's all about money and greed and all sorts yeah but when it's real world issues like the likes of racism or inequality or or, or anything like that it's yeah i'm just gonna stay at home today guy and i just think to myself fans are fickle at the best side but that's something i can't get my head around while they while they choose to do that and then then also when they protested and they got into Old Trafford and they got on the pitch and then delayed the pitch and then next minute they've got they got the other I mean don't get me wrong there's definitely stuff that could have been done but when they got say oh now we've got to rearrange against Liverpool and we're going to lose Liverpool because we've got to play four matches in seven days I'm like you literally helped create this people you have literally made... caused it yeah yeah you you literally have near enough contributed to your team loss uh your your team losing now I'm not saying that's you know the the beating end on the real reason but uh the point being is you if you didn't do that, they would have got more rest and you didn't, and you all decided to sit on the pitch and use your time ineffectively. Uh and actually, as you say, to to a state where the owners don't really give a fuck. So 
yeah, I look, I think f- fans need to reevaluate their process and reevaluate sort of what what they wanted to do and what essentially their end result is because you, as you say, wearing your you know, take Man United fans of the Glazers, wearing your different coloured scarves and your different coloured shirts and all sorts, but still paying fifty quid ticket to go and watch a game is is not is is not really doing much. But um that's on fans anyway. Uh heroes of the week is that time where ladies and gentlemen we announce our heroes and our donuts of the week. Hero of the week, Ross, who stuff for you? Uh, I ask to give an honourable mention to uh, Carl Sinclair. Um, his his interview, you know, actually just played a rugby match. You know, he, he made it very clear that you know he was gutted he didn't make didn't make the Lions squad. Um, and it was really nice to see some actual, you know, real emotion, real time. You know, he's a big guy, Carl Sinclair. You don't expect him to get emotional, but it was a real raw interview. And for me, I just just love to see that. Definitely yeah, for me. 100%. And, you know, and the likewise, you know, just just sort of echoing Carl Sinclair's emotional interview, who, by the way, got a man of match in that game. And I thought, he was, you know, he's been playing uh, pretty well. Um, like, sort of, uh, Alisson, a goalkeeper for, for Liverpool, obviously, on the weekend, having an emotional interview after he scored yeah, the winner yeah. against West Brom and obviously devoting his goal to his father, but who's who sadly passed away. I thought Scott Charleston and he's unable to travel back to Brazil for obvious COVID uh, travel restrictions and unable to be with his family at, uh, and at a funeral and such as have time. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's refreshing to see these, these, these athletes who, you know, when people, and it, I'll tell you what, this is another uh, a rant uh, for another time, but it does bore my piss when, when, you know, fans go, Oh, look at these, you know, these guys, they don't care, but they, they, they do care. Like they, they live and breathe this that you know their their passion is to 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 play they wouldn't do this if they didn't in you know yeah okay they get money for it but realistically do you think the likes of Carl Sinclair you know the likes of Carl Sinclair has turned up if he didn't want to play and the point being yeah. is you know yeah okay he's probably upset and and he's got a lot to deal with but uh there's a lot of guys just sticking with rugby for who've got a point to prove because they're pissed off and it's because they care and it is refreshing to see an interview and somebody who's meant to be and who's been let's be frank in the past labeled a thug and has some really nasty things said about him to to be so open on a show almost a vulnerable side uh in such sort of a sort of a, mas- a masculine game uh as, as rugby but yeah absolutely i agree yeah yeah brilliant i think i think for me the the, the hero of the week uh, without a doubt is uh, EA Sports um, it's in the game and it is indeed yeah and and, and with uh, QPR it's, it's been announced today that uh, Kian Prince um, if, you, if you don't know he was uh, he was on QPR's books he was a 15 year old um, who went to break up a fight uh, and got and got fatally stabbed and uh, you know he, he had a real big future uh, ahead of him and uh, EA Sports are, are creating a uh, a card for for Key and Print, so you can actually be able to play as him um, as a professional footballer when you're playing FIFA. Uh, and for me, that's just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Fair play to um, FIFA. Well done, QPR. Well done. And I'll definitely make sure I'll be I'll be playing with him 100. percent Absolutely, and uh, you know, it, it, I'd say on his tagline, he literally is in the game, and rightly so. And obviously, something so tragic. And I uh, say it's nice to see that that nice touch by yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I'm just going to put throw, throw a couple of honourable mentions out there, both football related. Uh, first goes to uh, to Jamie Vardy, uh, who on the weekend, obviously following Leicester City's FA Cup win, uh, English football, he's completed it, mate. He's literally 
pretty much won everything in 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 domestic football. And for one million pound signing, who realistically they thought I oh, wasn't going to really do much, he's he's done all right, I think. So somewhere Jamie Vardy is is having a party, um, probably with load of shots and cocaine and sh- probably not with cocaine WKD, strippers, but def- definitely some some cheeky vimtos and some WKD. Um, and also a uh, big honorable mention goes to uh, Stevie G as well, uh, uh, you know, for what to take Rangers to an unbeaten season, so over a hundred points uh, and to give Rangers their first sort of in, in, in 10 years, I think is a phenomenal uh, achievement. And going back to the Stevie G and Frank Lampard debate, um, yeah, Stevie G has won a uh, has won a title as a manager, and Frank Lampard hasn't. So unlucky, Super Frank. Yeah, unlucky me. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think that was that was it for me. Yeah, yeah. Donut of the week. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go. Set, do you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go balls out. I'm gonna say UEFA. What what UEFA? Your donuts. You you know I I just don't get it. You got. Two champ- going back onto the news uh, in the week that the uh, the Champions League final has been moved from uh, Istanbul to to now Porto, and six thousand fans are allowed to travel. Um, what I don't understand is okay, you you give it the bigger new way for about the Super League and knock it on Super League on the head because of you know you want it for the fans and doing things for the fans and and and, and what have you. Okay, so we've got two English clubs in the Champions League final. You could there's plenty of of clubs in England that said they would host Champions League final. I know what we're going to do, guys, because we love the fans so much. We're going to put it in Portugal. You will have to get on a plane and you will have to go to another country, which we can't guarantee have got a, a vaccination programme or, 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 or whatever. Or green light, uh, yeah. Or green light. So, um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And I just think to myself, right, you can't come out and say you're all for the fans when you do stuff like that. I just think to myself, you, you're having a bubble. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I know Villa Park was being bounded around. Um, it was like sort of like middle ground. And I thought to myself, yeah, brilliant idea. You know, we've got fans back in the ground. And I was like, yeah, great. And then at Porter, I thought, what? Like, what? Yeah. What? I What's the thought it. process behind that? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I do want to give a mention to uh, Sergio Aguero, that absolute dog shit Penenka penalty. I know this was uh, a week or so ago now, but that's still fresh in the memory, that absolute... Dog water, really, wasn't it? I mean, that's if that shocking. was, I mean, if that was a video of how not to take a penalty, then you know that's what we need to Google, uh, and that's, that's probably it. why he's not getting in the Premier League Hall of Fame anytime soon. I mean, he probably will be. I mean, you know, but he's obviously still playing. Uh, and obviously, the likes of Charles Pietau, um yesterday uh, in the oh, yeah. Bears cross game. Hey, if you're over the try line, just put the fucking ball down. How many times do we see it? You know, are the, you know, how many times do we see it? These red players get cocky. Just put the fucking ball down. Oh, grinds my gears. It's probably, yeah, you know, score a try. You've played the game long enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, coaches, it's probably coaches' worst nightmare when they when they see that. But um, that's all donuts of the week for me, Ross. Unless you've got any more. Yeah, no, 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 that's it for me. That's it. Lovely stuff. Well, I think that wraps us up, doesn't it, mate? I thought, you know, we're, we've come back from our uh, from our mid-season break uh, towards, towards the end of the business end of uh, respective seasons, but it's been good to to get back on horse and basically chat some shit about sport for a couple, uh, well, for what, an hour and a half, wherever we've been recording now. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it's been really good. It's been really good. I hope you haven't missed us too much. 
absolutely now guys remember i say you know if there is anything in our uh in our podcast that you've listened to that you want to uh, get in touch with us about likewise you wanted to come back and you want to tackle the pod uh like we've had recently a few a few of you uh love listeners of tackle the pod get in touch with us we can try and make that happen uh i would say on our socials on instagram on twitter on facebook you just, i'm pretty sure anything now you just google tackle podcast and we will pop up likewise you can catch us on or we will sort of Podcast providers, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Acast, Google Podcast, or where I say wherever you get your podcast. But if there's nothing else for Roscoe, it's a goodbye for me. It's a goodbye for me. Take care, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. <laughs>